Welcome to the Community Revival Podcast, brought to you by 13 Ways. We help communities thrive. If you're here, then you care as much about communities as we do, and you're looking for ways to make your neighborhood better, stronger, and more prepared for the future. All right. Welcome to the Community Revival Podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Spread the word. We focus on community building. And in the wake of the pandemic that we have currently, that has a lot of people locked in at home and not uh, out on community streets, we've been covering different issues that we think are really important today. My guest today is the what I like to term the consumer behavior guru for us at 13 Ways. She was also the executive director of the School of Retailing at the University of Alberta, Heather Thompson. Heather, you're actually currently on maternity leave uh, from your executive director role at the University of Alberta. Um, So it might get a little noisy in the background, eh? Yep, that's right. Yeah, I've got a two-month-old here with me, so my apologies if he starts to cry. Oh, no apologies. In this current situation when we're all at home and we're all uh, confined, trying not to increase the community spread of COVID-19, I think every single listener will be sympathizing about uh, being at home. So we spend a lot of time collectively as a team working on community building and making sure our communities are ready for the resurgence that's coming. And uh, now with this pandemic, it's created a lot of challenges and and, and businesses especially, uh, that is your area of expertise, are suffering, uh, facing challenges, consequences, um, and that is your area of expertise. Now, you created a, a document you've shared on the website, you've spread around, we've sent to a lot of municipalities about what retailers should be doing. Yeah, there's, there's so much information that's coming at us. Um, and finding an, a way to synthesize it, I felt was really important. So yeah, it is on our website. So feel free to check it out. But the information is changing every, it feels like every hour. So I'll make sure and I, I'll try and update it. But I think, and I'll use the word unprecedented, even though everybody is so sick of hearing the word unprecedented. Um, and, but that being said, we have to figure out how we're going to get through this because we have no idea how long it's going to last. Um, and I've been paying attention um, across the globe as to what businesses are doing. And there's a lot of really interesting, creative things that are happening that um, businesses are doing to capitalize on this event and making lives easier for other people. Um, so much so that when this is over, I don't know if it's actually going to go away. So um, it's it's tough to see businesses just sit back and just say like, well, I guess there's nothing to do, which um, there's lots there's lots that actually can be done right now. So do you can you share some of those stories with us? Because I know, you know, everyone from families to volunteer organizations to, to businesses are somewhat feeling like their hands are tied and it's too late to do anything and and they're facing challenges. What where are some success stories? Do you have any examples? Yeah, um, you know, there's. I would say Instagram is probably the the winner um, for businesses currently. Um, this means that you don't necessarily have to have a robust e-commerce platform. Um, you're able to just sign up for Instagram and be connected. 
the a few examples um even here just like down the block for me there's this boutique it's they sell like hand soaps and clothing and just it's a very girly gifty boutique um and their sales are actually up and what they're doing is they're allowing like gift drop-offs so what they're even if you're buying it for yourself they're like gift wrapping gift wrapping everything and then they're like delivering it to your doorstep and a lot of people are thinking that this is a nice treat because the price point isn't extreme so people are even though times are tough right now they're still buying it and uh, the boutique made it so accessible for people or curbside pickup so people do want to have a drive so they're just very vocal and they're taking a lot of um, pictures about how it's working and then they're actually sharing when their consumers are posting it, saying like, oh, thanks to the drop-off, they're resharing it. So they're seeing how easy this really is because when has a boutique ever offered, you know, gift wrap door drop-offs? Like that's never been a thing any before. And it sounds like it's not a, you know, very complex and it's not, but it's something that people really enjoy and it's working so heather what you're saying uh, kind of is that everything that was old is new again the only difference between what used to happen 20 years ago and now is that we're using social media as the the instead of personal face-to-face -face contact we're using social media to make that connection and still order stuff locally Exactly. I'm so glad you made that connection because I was even thinking about, um, you know, at the turn of the century when department stores first um, came onto the market. And this would have been around 1908 or so, just before the First World War. And this was insane. This I don't think there's ever been a bigger shape shakeup in the retail industry until that point um, where people could go in and actually shop and take something home that particular day. Whereas before, you're exactly right. They would look at a catalog. They would put an order in. Somebody would come to their house. It was very personalized. And so we're seeing that even with grocery deliveries, right? Like a lot of people are getting the bakery to drop their stuff off. They're getting the butcher to drop stuff off. It's not necessarily the one big shop. Although grocery stores are doing very well financially. Um, I read that uh, in the month of March, in those three weeks, they did more sales than they did in November and December. Which, wow. yes, grocery stores and like November, December is obviously busy for all retail. Um, but you can definitely see that um, the panic buying uh, definitely increased sales quite a bit. Right. You know, there's a there's a guy in Calgary, I heard he's uh, uh, he's a new immigrant to the country, a fairly new immigrant in the last few years. And he runs a door to door bakery delivery service and he uses he buys um, fresh ground wheat about an hour outside the city, just red Fife wheat. That's all he buys. And his business has gone through the roof because now he's starting, he's hired a bunch of people to do door drops for maybe the, the bread truck is coming back. The milk truck is coming back. Maybe some of those, those old community ideas will come back with this for things to drop your door. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think there's going to be this, um, leaning towards that touchless transaction. Um, I think people are liking it. However, I know people are missing the hustle and bustle of still getting out and going shopping. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that will return with social activities. But I, I, I continue to suggest to people that most major events in human history, good or bad, have caused permanent consequences, permanent changes, and the ones that, that grow, adapt to it, and realize how things are going to change, and the ones that 
that don't, I mean, things are going to return to normal perish. Maybe this is one of those circumstances. Exactly. And I think we don't have to look too far um, back in history to see, well, 2008 with the uh, global economic recession, department stores didn't change. They did not use this opportunity to innovate and evolve and look at them today. The, the department store model, it, it doesn't work. Um, I would be very surprised to see, especially after this, how many are going to survive in the next couple years. Um, and so we need to be using these times to adapt, to pay attention to what are the changing consumer habits to make sure that we're not going to be left behind. So if we are seeing some of our consumers enjoy this convenience and this, you know, that personalized um, products being brought to your house, pay attention to that. Um, you know, I still think that there's a big opportunity uh, for physical brick and mortar retail and that that won't ever go away. But it will be important to see what aspects of your business can be done through transactions um, that are behind the scenes versus having a physical presence. And this is where we're definitely going to have to see people um, or business owners make sure that what's happening in the physical space, it's fun, it's entertaining, whereas the actual transaction might be happening on the back end. Oh, sorry. I just, it's like a little mini epiphany that went off somewhere in my brain. Maybe it was an aneurysm. I don't know, but (laughs) the, the social, everyone's wanting social experiences again. Are you saying that, that businesses need to make sure their retail concrete brick and mortar space is about that social experience and, and interaction, but the, maybe the, the purchase of goods will, it's already been moving more online, but maybe it will, will stay online. And that, that honestly, it's like a bit of an epiphany about that's one of the permanent changes that could be coming. Definitely. And I think we've been seeing that for the last couple of years, this is just going to accelerate it. So before we used to go into the store to make the transaction, we would do the research on the back end online. And then we go to the store, we purchase. It's definitely the opposite. And we've been seeing that for the last couple of years. This is going to fast track that. Right. But there, so look, I've heard lots of stories about, you know, statistics and numbers saying that lots of brick and mortar retail just won't open up again. Is that, is that, is that going to be a consequence of this or is that a a mistake? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a consequence. Anytime the world essentially stops, there's going to be business casualties from it for sure. Um, I think a few variables in place, and this is where I would really recommend businesses do everything they can and not just lie down and say it's over. Do what you can to talk to your lenders and landlords. And I know that this is a really tough conversation right now because landlords are not being the easiest to deal with. Like There's lots of stories right now where um, businesses are just leaving over like overnight they're just leaving them all they're leaving their vacancy because um the landlords aren't going to play ball with them and i think this is a really big mistake because you want a full mall you want a full main street like it just doesn't seem um it seems pretty short-sighted for the landlords to not work with the businesses so do what you can to have those conversations because that's probably the biggest thing that will alleviate some burden if you don't have to pay rent Um, and if some struggling businesses, if this is the nail in their coffin, um, it was probably going to happen anyways. So what's happening is you'll see some businesses that are 
getting creative, doing their homework, and maybe they'll have an extra a little bit of financial assess- assistance from the bank or from the landlord. Um, but at the end of the day, this is something I think that was going to happen for a lot of retailers. Like I said, this is just really accelerating the process. Well, for the malls, that sounds like an absolutely asinine thing for them to do. I mean, you you force your businesses to continue to pay rent when they can't afford it and they leave. Malls are already facing challenges all across North America. I mean, you chase away the businesses you have. Your presumption is that more are going to come um, and fill those spaces, but that's not necessarily a, an assurance. Not at all. It, it'll, it'll, when this is over, if, um, I think I read a stat right now here in Alberta that we're looking at one third of small businesses being closed when, um, in the next couple months. Sorry, permanently closed? Yeah. One third won't wow. survive. I think that's a bit high. Um, and this is where we're doing, you know, the government is doing a lot in terms of, you know, giving people, um, emergency relief, but we have to look at the businesses too. And I know they're doing the 75% of the wages. Um, this is all really great, but a lot of business can't even afford that if their doors are shut. Um, yeah. I, I, I have learned something from you that um, I know we both have in our pre- presentations, but it's one line where you tell people, you know, businesses always say, I can't compete within, uh, with, against Amazon. And you tell them, why are you trying? You can't, and there's no point. Um, and so uh, the mindset, my perspective is that businesses have this notion, especially local retail businesses in a, in a community have decided what's the point in going online. I'm not doing enough business there and they're going to go on Amazon if they're going to buy it anyway, but that's not the case. Is it? Um, not anymore. And I think what's going to happen is again, I've said this to businesses before that you don't actually have to have an online presence. If you're doing a really great job in brick and mortar, um, I 100% take that back in these circumstances. You have to have an online presence. And if you can get an e-commerce website, do it. Um, No one could have foreseen this uh, happening. And um, we don't know how long this is going to last for. But at the very least, this will give you an opportunity to have an online presence when this goes back to normal. So it's never a bad thing to have both. We see in the statistics that people ultimately spend more in your business if you have both platforms. Well. This, this would also then, instead of being a slow transition to needing an, an online presence, a social media account like Instagram, to making it swiftly necessary and permanent. Exactly. And I understand there's tools and resources. This this is difficult to do, but this is, this is the leap that will help businesses survive. So, you know, I know it's an overwhelming prospect if you've never been online or if you have been online and hasn't been very successful, this is where you need to get some help. Um, And I know that um, there's a lot coming down the pipeline in terms of resources. So connecting with your chamber is probably a good place to start to see if they can match make you with somebody who can help you get online um, or chat with your municipality. Like there's, there's not um, a cookie cutter step of how to do this, but you have to at least try because yeah. yeah, if you if you if you decide to just wait it out, there's a good chance you may not be surviving because what's gonna happen is if you are vacant from even social media, even if you don't want to be selling in this time, people are starting to create new habits. They're starting to create new patterns. And if you are absent when this is over, people may not remember you. So it's really important that you are top of mind, even if you aren't selling things right now. 
so um and this is the world that we we were always going to get to but like you said this would maybe would have taken a couple years um because what we don't want to have happen is amazon and walmart to win out on this we've already seen amazon and walmart do a complete i think it's close to like 500,000 people that are going to be hired in north america Mm -hmm. um and so you know this just is going to accelerate Amazon and Walmart's share of the market. And we are all talking about supporting local right now. So um, do yourself a favor as a business owner, allow your community to support you. And don't let Amazon and Walmart be the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, yeah. When they can't come into the store, you find a way to to door drop stuff that they need and a way for them to let you know that they they need things and what you have available, right? Exactly. Even there's like, um, I have a three and a half year old home with me also. So right now I am buying things to keep him busy. Um, and there's a puzzle shortage around the world. Did you know that? I did hear that. Yeah. There's a <laughs> oh my gosh. I know when people talk to me about having like an eight year old at home, I just get so jealous because a three and a half year old is just, it's, it's tough because there's not a puzzle in the world that will keep him occupied. So anyway, so I need a lot of things and the dollar store is closed. Um, and so I'm not going to lie. I jumped to Amazon and then I was going through my Instagram feed and I noticed, um, a local toy store, it's a bookstore toy store, um, is doing deliveries. And so I was like, yes. So I was able to purchase from them. Um, the other thing that's really interesting, and I'm not usually a big fan of this tactic, but desperate times, um, there's a lot of discount shopping happening right now. Um, typically March and April, we see full priced items for sure. Um, January and July are typically when we see markdowns, but what's happening is we're getting this crazy backlog now of product. And so we need to move through that. So a lot of small businesses are giving great incentives to help move through that product. I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, most businesses that I've seen are doing at least 20% off. Um, and again, you just have to look for it. And I know it's not about devaluing your brand. It's just about being a bit more competitive. And then, so if you have the discount and you're able to deliver the product, this makes it very appealing for people to continue to shop with you, albeit in a different, completely different way. But, um, I think that people get, um, then they, they're obviously excited because they want to support you and they're getting a good deal. Yeah. Well, I know I bought bed sheets on Instagram we were in a small community in North Dakota and saw that that um, ladies clothing store that did half of their sales via Instagram um, because it was a culture and a story that went with it. And the story now is we're still here for you in your community and we're local. So we're here to help you. Don't forget us. Well, how would you, what do you go about taking care of that now so that people know how to find you? Like, would you go on Instagram and, Put on the town website, look for local business, hashtag town's name. Uh, like, then you can, because yeah. there's got to be some place, the internet's huge, and there's got to be some way on those social media channels that you can find your local businesses. So having a strategy like that, again, they should have been doing it six months ago, but here we are. Maybe they, what, what can they do now? The The tricky part is that I'm making it sound a lot more simple than it is. Um in terms of like, yeah, just get an Instagram account. Okay, well, in order for an Instagram account to be successful, you need to have the following um, critical mass. So that is tricky to do. Um, but I think, Doug, you hit the nail on the head. What's What I've seen really cool, and again, this is where your chamber and your municipality really need to step up and support local business is um, 
I've seen before where it's like, oh, check out our business directory. And it just kind of has like links. Now I've seen like that was pre-COVID-19. Now I'm seeing really cool websites that are independent of a municipality um, have uh, interactive with the business. So it has like their Instagram handles or Twitter handles, some uh, visuals to go with the businesses and what they're doing and like extra little things. Um, so for example, like uh, Bliss Yoga Spa here in Edmonton, um, you would think, okay, so they're yoga and they're a spa. So what on earth can they possibly do? Well, they have been doing um, lots of curbside or uh, door drop-offs and curbside pickups. Um, and I never would have thought that. But the reason why I even heard about it was because I was going through the Southwest um, Facebook page and they were going and um, sending links out as to what businesses are doing and examples of what they were doing. So if this didn't flag my on my radar, I never I just would have assumed that they were closed. The other thing I thought was interesting, I follow my local MLA, my local counselor, and my local MP on Instagram, and they've done a really good job of uh, highlighting in their stories um, links to the businesses that are doing delivery and pickup. And actually, it's not a lot, which surprised me. A lot of businesses are just closed right now, so I don't know if they're you know, getting their ducks in a row or whatever. Um, but it's, it's, there's a lot you can do in terms of getting support. It's just a ton of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how you know who's going to survive, who, who wants to put in the effort because, um, you know, you, you rise to meet the challenge or you give up and, uh, I'd hope more and more businesses don't give up. So look, I, I was just thinking that, you know, uh, on social media in general, hashtags are used all the time now, regardless of the, the, um, the type of social media. So having a hashtag, your town's name um, and followed with, you know, business. And that's the, you know, your town's name and business. Um, like I live in Ardrossan, so it could be hashtag Ardrossan business, hashtag Ardrossan volunteers, hashtag Ardrossan help, hashtag Ardrossan news. That would be a good way for, to get channels built up through social media where you search for that hashtag and then you can find businesses because they'll use the same hashtag to deliver food, find businesses that are still providing essential services, find um, people who need volunteer assistance or providing volunteer assistance to pick stuff up. Um, the community provide updates or news around COVID or any other situation. This can all transpire far beyond this pandemic crisis and, and become a way to add a platform onto your community. So you, you still have your local physical community where people interact, but you, you now shrink down the internet and almost create a, an, an online localized community platform. Is that exactly. my off on that? Yeah. Yes. No, that's exactly right. You, um, I think we get overwhelmed by the internet and we think, okay, the world is just too big. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Just try to have a presence, um, at a, at a local capacity. So even the businesses, even though I'm in Edmonton, the businesses are not, they're not actually um, trying to get people in North Edmonton, for example, they are really focusing on their insular, smaller community. There's a lot of uh, opportunity right now. And so when we talk about hashtags, I would think that it's kind of like, it's more like a package that you need to figure out for yourself um, in terms of what sort of boxes to check to get as much reach as possible. Um, hashtags are definitely part of it. Um, but this this is important because 
this situation is going to change again next week and the week after. So even if you're thinking, okay, great, let's move to the product I have or let's keep services that I have, let's keep doing that. Well, again, that's only part of the equation because this is going to be changing. You need to be looking at what else is missing in the market. What other gaps could I potentially um, do to help this situation because there's a lot of needs going unmet right now and so you for example i'm sure you can see some of the apps that are like like house party or netflix party and you know they were really quick to get to the market and everybody has them already um but there's still a lot of um needs going unmet so um i wish i had a few examples off top of my head but um there's there's a lot where businesses can maybe put to bed a little bit of what their bread and butter used to be and switch gears to see what else they could possibly do. Like I was even looking at some of um, the manufacturers in Calgary who um, make apparel are doing uh, personal protective equipment. So that's mm. a new one because that's like such a big space in the market, but there's a lot to do still. Yeah. I, I PPE stuff. I, I know it's, it, it will falter. It will fall off after this is done. But I actually think there'll be a lot more people that will have a cupboard full of, <laughs> you know, gloves and masks and just in case. Cause Lysol. They, Lysol, exactly. Wipes, maybe even, you know, a closet full of toilet paper, floor to ceiling, since that was the first thing to go. But have you been, have you seen them in the grocery store recently? Yeah. You know what? They were just these tiny little, Rolls. I don't know who, where they came from, and you're only allowed one package, but there's a lot of bare shelves in the stores right now. Well, I was just in Safeway yesterday. It's like my weekly thing I do to get out of the house. It's it's weird how excited I get for a grocery shop, which is something I used to dread doing. But anyways, I was at Safeway yesterday, and they had so much toilet paper. Like They had it right when you walk in, in like a mound, and they made like a castle out of it. And then like down the aisle because there's now there's no paper towels. So it's like just toilet paper. So I bet we'll see the same thing that will happen with Lysol. Then we'll see it with paper towel. Like it's the thing that's I, I don't think people understand is that supply chain is not necessarily a problem yet. We're going to start to see this impact our lives probably throughout later summer. It's just going to be a wave like the same way that this um, p- people getting sick. Um, and not getting sick. It's just going to be a wave. We just need to pay attention to it. But there is really no need for panic. There's yeah. more than enough, unless you're Donald Trump and wanting to take all the good things away from us. But um, even that's not happening. The, the biggest uh, challenge I see right now is that we're stuck. The majority of people are between two worlds. They're, they're going around and licking playground equipment completely unbothered by the fact that this is a legitimate pandemic and people's lives are at risk or they're so afraid that they've they're going to walmart and buying guns did you hear gun sales went through the roof i you can't you can't shoot the coronavirus i just i mean i'm sure the nra is really pitching you know guns can protect you from this disease in Canada, Cabela's uh, ammunition and rifle sales are up. I know. So yeah. the, the the thing that's tricky about that is um, I think it just comes down to fear. And we know this. It's everybody has a certain level of fear happening, whether it's economic, your health, or your own safety. Um, and so I think when we look at businesses, um, we need to make sure that we're not buying into that panic as a business owner 
and really supplying some rational happiness. Um, and I think that's another another reason why I'm so quick to follow a lot of these local businesses because they give me some sort of semblance of normalcy um, and that like, oh good, the world is still happening. People still bought that nice candle as a birthday present for somebody. Like, I know this sounds frivolous, but I think we need a lot of frivolity right now um, just to see how this is going to shake up um, over the next couple of months. Yeah, well, it's a it's a coping mechanism. We, we need to recognize the world is not the way it was, but it's not over either. We just need to manage this and keep our distance and not lose our heads and uh, get through this. Yeah. So, do you have... Is there any other stuff that we didn't cover that you'd like to mention around retailers, small businesses, and what they can do to address some of these challenges? Yeah, I, I would just summarize really quickly. If I were a small business owner right now, based on the research I've done across the um, world in terms of the habits and the patterns that we're seeing, because luckily we're about, what, two months behind China. Um, so we have the ability to kind of foresee a little bit. So if I were a small business this is what I would do in order. Talk to your lenders, talk to your landlords, try and free up as much cash flow as possible. Step two would be um, get online, do what you can. I understand it might be an investment, but you can't really afford to not do it either. Um, and then get out there, get a following, talk to your friends and family. You you have to make sure that you are talking to as many people as possible to get the critical mass and following that you need. Um, and it's hard. And I'm not going to say that, oh yeah, just get an Instagram account. Like I said, it's really tricky. Um, and then start sharing what you're doing. Be very vocal about it. Yeah. Yeah. When the, the second step to get online, um, and that it may be an investment, I, I hear so many business owners say, oh, it's going to be too expensive and I don't know what I'm doing. Most business owners didn't know what they were doing and it was expensive when they started their business, but so it's just an evolution of the business and you either you either evolve or you die. And at the end of this, think about like you might be the only one left not online. <laughs> I, I've been, can't do that either. I, I've been using the example of Forrest Gump and his his Bubba shrimp company and right? He couldn't catch a single shrimp until a hurricane wiped out all the other shrimping boats and ta-da! He was successful because he was the only one that, that it didn't sink. Yeah. And that's sometimes the key to success is to just hanging around long enough to survive the worst. And those that survive, I think, have a great opportunity. Yeah. And make sure you're just staying plugged in. Look around the world. See what people are doing. You know, you don't have to come up with great ideas by yourself. No. Like, you can definitely replicate something that's happening somewhere else to provide a, um, a solution for a need in your community. Yeah. Well, and probably a strategy for social media is that you don't you, you don't take on the approach that you're going to have 10,000 followers on the first day. You have to win one follower at a time and grow it to 10,000, just like you did by growing your business. So Exactly. And I know, yeah, like it's one foot in front of the other. It's just not going to um, it's not going to happen overnight. But at the end of the day, you don't really have another choice right now. Exactly. So you do a presentation, uh, 13 ways to ruin your commerce. It's around chambers of commerce and small businesses and what they do in communities. And you've already been invited across Canada to speak in several jurisdictions. And I, I do believe we got our first um, request that came in from the United States before this, 
this pandemic shut everything down. You're going to be back uh, traveling around North America speaking. Some of these elements, um, are there going to be new elements to that presentation? I know it seems to me like you've already talked about a bunch of these and you were driving people to adapt these changes, but uh, are there new elements you're going to be adding into your presentation? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and it's, it's almost overwhelming for me to even think about it because when I think about that presentation and the 13 steps, well, they're not, you know, in, invalid anymore. They're just, there's things that are more important, things that I never thought would happen so fast. Yeah, well, you also, your whole presentation was about businesses getting ready for the future, things of just changing it rather than a gradual pace, a dramatic pace. So um, yeah. I really look forward to, what's that? The future is here. The future is here. I really look forward to uh, seeing it again in the future. And I know there's a lot of people anxious for you to come back and do more presentations in their communities for their towns, their downtown business associations and their chambers. And hopefully uh, this this starts to resolve itself soon and you can get back those helping those communities. And those oh, businesses. I'm so excited. I was actually saying the other day, I miss, I miss the airport, which seems... <laughs> weird but i i do, i just think it's because it's like oh you can't go there so it's like oh now i really want to go there so um i'm really excited for this to be over and um if anyone has any uh questions or if they need like oh you know what i do want to get a uh, website feel free to email me i'm happy to help provide some resources and some links um and i i'm like i said i'm happy to help um in any way i can great great well any final thoughts no, I think I said it all. Just hope everybody says, stays like well and um, try to limit your exposure to news. <laughs> like, yeah, be informed. But I think that's a big uh, do what you can for your own mental health and just lower expectations in this moment. That is great advice, Heather. I appreciate that. I'm going to take that to heart myself. Uh, that has been another a community Revival Podcast. Please remember to like and share and subscribe. And in the meantime, I ask everyone to stay safe and stay well and think about how the world is going to change for your business and your community as much as the change that happens every single day seems overwhelming. Let's just remember that it also creates new opportunities and we can get through this. We will get through this. This will end and we will come out stronger on the other side. Stay well. See you again. Thanks for joining in on the Community Revival Podcast. To keep up to date on all our podcasts, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and follow us for more great content at 13 Ways. That's 13WAYS dot CA. Remember, no matter what the challenge, what the issue, or where you are starting from, when it comes to making your community more successful, there's always a way.